Hi, everybody. Today, we will discuss the recent events in India regarding the farmers' protest. There has been a lot happening in the last few months, but the public media has not really talked about it, so we will. And today with me, there is Kiran and Panab. Hi, guys. Happy to talk to you today because I want to know all about it. There has not been many like places that really like advert like that really talked about it i know you guys always are like active on social media talking about it so i think today we can get a lot of important information so can one of you tell me what is happening give me some context and like just the background okay so one thing that we really want to establish is the amount of cultural significance that farming has for multiple states in India, specifically Punjab. And right now what's going on is the government of India has implemented three bills, um, or one bill with three different segments that actually affect the agricultural industry within India. And a lot of these labor workers and farmer workers are not happy about it. So for the last couple months ever since you know late 2020 there have been multiple protests and multiple people speaking out against these bills within india which has caused some conflict and overall a bunch of protests within the continent mm-hmm. so um i kind of want to stress the history and the actual significance of these bills that have systemically affected the laborers and the farmers so just to give some background Around the 1960s, 1970s, India was behind on their agricultural industry compared to the rest of the world. In specific, um, they were pretty grain deficient. And in order to actually fix this and catch up with their surroundings, India brought in some policies to actually encourage farmers to help their grain deficiency and to actually invest in their agricultural industry. Mainly, a lot of these farmers and labor workers came from two states, Punjab and Haryana. So what the government did to actually create an incentive for these farmers to be interested in the industry and help them encourage um, grain deficiency within India, they implemented something called MSP, which is short for minimum support price, which is basically the minimum price that farmers can sell their crops for and in turn they earn a certain amount for whatever they sell however the important part of this is that it's all implemented by the government which means this at the moment is a public sector the farmers are selling their crops to the government and getting money back from the government which means this was solely a relationship between labor workers and the government and what this ended up doing was actually filling up the nation it solved india's problem and it allowed more grain, rice, and wheat to actually help the economy overall. But as good as it sounds, it ended up actually creating um, a downfall as well, especially for the individual laborers and farmer workers. The government ended up having a lot of grain waste. There There was too much produce, too much surplus, but the government had no choice. They still had to keep buying these grains, keep having to buying these crops from the farmers because that was their deal in the first place. And they ended up obviously overproducing and that in turn ended up in debt for farmers and also a lot of suicides and just the system overall really needed to be reformed, especially within the 21st century. So what they did to try and reform this in 2020 was implement 
these bills. Primarily, we want to stress the main bill, which is called the Farmers Produce Trade and Commerce, um, which essentially brings the public sector of farming to the private sector, which means instead of farmers selling to the government with the trust that they will get money back, they're actually going to be selling to different companies and in national and global markets. These companies and these private companies will not have much interference within the government on terms of how much the farmers will get paid for these crops and actually what is seriously going on. Now, what you might think right now is like, we have this in the West, like how bad can it be? Like this doesn't seem like a big deal. But the reason why it affects so many labor workers and farmer workers is because already before these bills, the industry was struggling. These people couldn't feed their families. These people were going into debt. So many suicides, especially in the states of Haryana and Punjab, each month were going, were literally skyrocketing. And with this new privatization, the expectation is that this is all going to stop. But actually, we have to take into consideration that there's a lot of corruption and there's not much trust between these private businesses and uh, farmers the same way it is in the West. In India, it can get passed around way more easily than it can in uh, Canada. And this is why the farmers are mainly upset because they don't want to be exploited. And then the next two parts of this bill, <laughs> I'm going to try to quickly summarize them, um, basically stresses the MSP, the minimum support price. The government, um, from the government perspective, the MSP doesn't go away. But what they actually did um, do within their agreement of price assurance is that they didn't give a full assurance of MSP. Legally, the MSP is still there for the farmers. So from the government perspective, they're not doing much wrong. However, there is no real assurance to it, which means all these companies don't actually have to pay attention to it. They don't have to abide to that law. It's not a real law that they can actually get sued for, which means although the MSP still exists, it won't really come to a positive effect to the farmers trying to sell their crops in India. And... Honestly, that was a really quick summary. It's pretty complicated, but systemically, that's what's been affecting these farmers. And for the last couple months, it's been crazy back home. They've been protesting, marching to, Del to Delhi or New Delhi, and it's caused a lot of commotion. Mm -hmm. so okay. So what I get from it, it's like they have like this stable kind of idea that they sell to the government and they're going to get money for sure. So now they want to make it more private and it is like the companies that would be private don't give them that guarantee so that's why they protest because it is it is and um, like they don't know what's going to happen yeah okay so my question is what in your opinion would be like the thing that they could do and which choice what actions would benefit them so Obviously, this is a very complicated issue that has a lot to do with, you know, domestic domestic relations, everything with the economy, things like that. But right now, what we think is the best solution, what the farmers and the laborers are protesting for is a reform within these bills. Most importantly, the MSP is the probably the biggest part because you do want to have that guarantee. There's 
it's definitely relative for everybody, but as of right now, it seems like there's not a large chance that the government will be taking away the main bill that actually privatizes the industry. I feel like that the Indian government sees that as an unreasonable option and that it'll be really hard to attain, especially considering how long these protests have going on for. So I personally think that the first step to take is actually trying to place a reform on this MSP bill, because that is what mainly can affect how much farmers can sell for and how much, you know, they can actually end up getting exploited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so maybe like a little bit of more control, like another agreement with the private sectors, so that there's like, so it's not like they can do whatever they can. Yes, whatever they want. Okay. So about all the protests that have been happening, can one of you tell me what were like the biggest events uh, that had occurred? Sure. So uh, these protests started in uh, the late summer. And basically the farmers were like moving towards Delhi because that's the capital and that's where the government is. So they wanted to send a message in, you know, the capital of the nation. And basically the Delhi police, uh, you know, some of these other like government uh, law enforcement groups, they started setting up like a line outside the city so that the farmers really couldn't get into the city. So it turned into like this kind of standoff right outside the border of Delhi. And like there was uh, a mass amount of people like in this like pretty small area. There was like 900,000 people at one point in just this one area and there's of course protests going all across india this is the world's largest protest we've seen almost 200 million people in the world's largest democracy are protesting against this bill because india has such a large farming population and a lot of communities rely around farms so they felt like this was a really big personal issue so the main protests were happening outside Delhi, and there was a big standoff and uh, the government did cut off like electricity supplies, water supplies, and even the internet around that area so that these farmers were basically isolated. And they were really relying on like donations and people like bringing food and supplies to the front lines because some of these people told their families that I might not come home for a few months. We're not going to come home until we, you know, can make sure that we can support ourselves. So people packed up their entire lives and they went to go protest. So they needed medication. So all this was done through like donations through like even religious groups and various groups. And eventually the Indian government was like, okay, we'll let you go into Delhi and you can do a protest, but we decide your route. We don't want you to disrupt, you know, what's going on in the city. So we can decide where you guys are going to go. And it didn't go as planned because the farmers were in such big numbers that they had kind of found ways to get around the police barricades. And they even made it to the Red Fort on Republic, which was the day that India signed its constitution. It's a big celebration in India. So this sent a really strong message. And usually due to coronavirus, the parade was canceled, but there's a parade at this place called the Red Fort. It's a historic fort in India. It's a big symbol for Delhi. The British used it as their capital when they were here. So these farmers made it all the way to the Red Fort and they climbed on top of the Red Fort and they put up some religious flags. And there's various like conspiracies going on with if a flag was raised higher than the Indian flag, there's people that are like doctoring images to make the protest seem a little out of hand. But basically the farmers sent a really big message that 
they want to be heard on Republic Day, that this is their message and this is what they're going to show everybody. Wow. Wow, that was a huge protest. I, I, I haven't heard of that, honestly, but, but it's like quite amazing what they were able to accomplish. So I'm wondering, um, how did the government respond after they like went in, after they went in? Like, did they make any changes or was it like violently suppressed? Okay, so honestly, we need to take in two different perspectives because at some to some extent, the government has a reason to be upset. And to another extent, so do the farmers. From the government's point of view and from a non-religious point of view, sticking up the religious flag at the Red Fort could have symbolized more of a religious turn on these protests. And more specifically, this flag was a Sikh flag, uh, which is a religion that is a minority in India at the moment. However, how people may see this is that if you're non, if you're not a Sikh, and if you're not in support of these farmers, you're going to see this as a religious movement. And what we want to stress is that it should not be. This should be a laborer's movement, a farmer's movement. It should be everybody against these laws, not a single religion against everybody else. And the reason it really did um, negatively affect the government is because of the nationalism in India that we actually need to account for. Disrespecting the Indian flag is a big thing to talk about in the country and what india saw this religious flag being put up next to the indian flag they saw that as a sign of disrespect which is why the government was honestly furious after that and a large part of what happened after the red fort was the amount of propaganda that had gotten released farmers started to be painted as terrorists within their protests and all these peaceful protests were then turned around and in the media they were shown as non-peaceful and violent and even to some extent it was showing that it was all the farmers fault and what we want to kind of attain from that is the nature of the government in itself india's government throughout history has been known to not take uh not take big consideration into their actual citizens and how they're harming their citizens but the india the indian government then actually turns when they realized the entire world is watching them do these things. And so what happened is through this propaganda, there became some celebrities throughout the West that began to actually tweet about this and on the side of the farmers. And India saw this as anti-India. More specifically, um, the first large celebrity to tweet about this was Rihanna. And what she tweeted was an article uh, about the farmers' protests And she was asking, like, why are we not talking about this? Where is the awareness? People are dying. People are getting hurt over a simple right. And this caused a bunch of commotion because Indian nationalists and many political figures were questioning her and asking her why she's speaking upon matters that are not hurt from her country. Why is she speaking on matters from India? Which, if you look at it, is not that good of an argument because we have, first off, freedom of speech. We can interest ourselves in whatever we like to. And second off, countries are known to thrive through off international affairs. We don't want to be an isolationist country. India is not known as an isolationist country, especially when you consider its relationship with the US and its relationship with um, Britain. And so 
after Rihanna, we had people like Greta tweeting and we had people like Rupi Kaur tweeting and the government really didn't like this. And what we want to also consider is that the government, the party that India is under right now, the main party is called the BJP party. And that is an extension of a party that you might know is called the RSS party, which was in the 20th century was known as a hardcore nationalist military party that was actually inspired by Hitler and Mussolini, which is why we see extensions of fascism actually extending like into what we see right now in modern day. What's happening is like all these propagandas. You're trying to become an isolationist country. You're trying to idolize your main party. Things like that is what's actually causing harm to these farmers and causing harm to the rest of the world as they watch what's happening to their farmers. It's truly hard to see it from both sides. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Can one of you like tell me more about if somebody was asking why why would I take part in this conversation? Like how does it affect globally people and like what is the effect on like maybe international trade or economics? So basically like um a lot of these like corporations are coming in, they're like uh you know, there's a fear that they're gonna exploit these workers because as we know in some of these less developed nations, you know, there's no like structured minimum wage so a lot of the produce is going to be shipped around the world so as we've seen in north america this big fair trade movement we want to be eating sustainably sourced things right we want to create a world that's fair for everybody so keep that into account when you go to the grocery store you might be seeing a lot more indian products if corporations come in you just have to think where is this coming from you know who is this like affecting who's growing this food so Basically, it's all about like sustainability, and that's probably the main reason why people would want to get involved. Is because we want to live sustainable lifestyles that are fair for everybody, that are good for the environment. That's mm -hmm. probably the biggest reason. All right, so it touches everyone because uh, the pro the produce that the farmers are making is going all around the world, and even if you don't notice it, maybe if you look more closely, you will see it. So then, the last thing, uh, can one of you tell me? What can we do about it? What like an average person can do to educate themselves or or maybe even take some action? Okay, so basically you might have some friends who are from India who have been posting on social media about this. So there's a lot of resources out there. You can just click the description, read some of the comments maybe, read what the post is saying about it. And I would say uh, don't just look at one post, maybe look at a few posts. You can gain a bunch of perspectives from it. You can, uh, the more information you know about it, the better it is. There are some petitions that are being signed for various governments to bring it up in your local government so that your country itself can address it. I know there's petitions in our uh, province even to get this uh, recognized by our national government here in Canada so that they can send a message to the government in India about what they're doing to these farmers and their own people. So definitely search this up. Um, there are some major outlets that are reporting this in a pretty non-biased view like the bbc uh indian news outlets might not be reporting it very well so social media might be the way to go for that mm -hmm. and as you said it it is enough to even just speak about it and have a discussion because honestly even now like the knowledge is the power when you speak about it when you go farther beyond and you get the whole country Finally, maybe the government signing on it, and then it may actually influence the decision in India as well. Um, 
Okay, that is it for today. Thank you guys so much for being here. It was so informational. So much information. It was amazing. Uh, and I ask all of our listeners, share it with your friends, share it in your social media, because really, I think most information, you can just listen here in those few minutes and, and know, and finally know, and maybe we can, we can do something about it, which would be absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us, and we will see you next time. So please take some time to sign petitions, which take just a few seconds, no money. You can find find trustworthy petitions on our Instagram page at multiculti.podcast.